Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. And uh, here's another episode given to you by me. Okay, hopefully uh, it won't be something I mentioned before. But as, as, as I was turning the pages... I found a very important topic to talk about. Actually, many, because I prepared several topics to talk about and delve deep in. And I figured I would talk about uh, verbal abuse and the tactics or mini strategies used in the verbal abuse. Now, the verbal abuse isn't... uh, Sorry, I I meant to uh, stretch my leg a little bit. So the, uh, the verbal abuse isn't just about the insults. And, uh... Okay. And then... For example, for example, all right, why am I repeating that? Okay, so let me see if I can put this in simple terms that even you can understand. Oh my God. Did you, did you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Was that normal? I mean, in your brain, like right now, like how many cells just burned? Just listening to this statement. Uh, where is it? Let me see if I can put this simple in simple terms. That is, even if you can't understand. Or the way they said it, that even you can understand. Oh my god, wow, that is so mean and condescending. The next example is, I'm sure you put a lot of effort into your makeup, but go wash it before someone sees you. This is something a mother would say to her daughter as like a a way to point out how disgusted she is from her daughter, unfortunately. And why would anyone, why would anyone do this? Seriously. I'm sure you put a lot of effort into your makeup, but go wash it before someone sees you. How condescending is that? That is, that is mean. Number three is, I'm so sorry if you haven't heard me well, uh, just now, it was because I didn't turn on the gain of the mic well, so. So, number one was name-calling. It's disguised as pet names and teasing. The second one is condescending. Uh, the, the, the kinds of comments that are, uh, sarcastic, disdainful, and patronizing, and insulting. And number three is criticism. So there is nothing wrong with constructive criticism, okay? The kind of criticism that builds you up. But in verbally abusive relationships, it's particularly harsh and persistent to chip away at your self-esteem. The problem here is the persistence in destroying your self-esteem. Bite, bite, size, destruction, okay? And they do it, and it's constant. And that's the problem. It eats away your self-esteem. But they like it. They enjoy it. They're showing you how much they quote-unquote care for you. Example. 
You're always upset about something. Always paying, playing the victim. That's why nobody likes you. Uh, there's a key word here, and it's always. So you're always upset about something. And always playing the victim. Like, they're basically telling you that you are not capable of being in a normal mood and not capable of being a normal person. They're literally character personally attacking you. And as a result, or therefore, or whatever, nobody would like you. Nobody. See, the, the words that they use, there's an absoluteness in them. No, a nobody, everybody, always, never. It sounds like what a cognitive distortion would tell you. It sounds like black and white thinking, right? So, yeah. Another example is you screwed up again. Can't you do anything right? Another word, anything. Okay, can't you do anything right? Number four, degradation. Abusers want you to feel bad about yourself. They employ humiliation and shame to degrade you and eat away at your confidence. Again, they will shame you and make you hate yourself. Or you will hate yourself by how much shame and guilt uh, you feel because of the way that they're degrading you. So they'll say things like, Before I came along, you were nothing. Without me, you'll be nothing again. This especially happens or is said right before a breakup or after it. Uh, you were nothing before this person, and even if you were leaving this person, you're nothing again. So this is so belittling and degrading. Another example would be, I mean, look at yourself. Who else will want you? I remember saying in one of the episodes, I don't know, I forgot, I have a terrible memory. It's been a long time since I recorded. <laughs> and it's been a long time since I even remembered the title of this episode. But I mentioned that my own flying monkey sister said to me casually, in a very, very casual tone, something like this, actually. She said, um... Who would want to marry you? Or who would want to be uh, your uh, your boyfriend? Like, you're so difficult to handle. You're so impossible. Like, those things, the, those degrading things, you know. And she said it in such a careless, casual tone. Like, she didn't even give a flying fuck about it. Anyway, moving on. Manipulation. Number five, so manipulation is an attempt to make you do something without making it a clear order. So they'll hint at it. They'll, they'll, they'll imply it, okay? But it's not even direct. It's passive aggressive. At some times, though, but other times, manipulation can take a more severe way. Make no mistake about it. It's meant to control you and keep you off balance. And it's meant to sort of change the way you do things, you normally do things, and convince you into doing things the way this person wants you, and not the way you want it. It's also manipulate. it's also controlling you and uh, eating away at your ability to do stuff. For example, if you do that, it proves you don't care about your family, and everyone will know about it. Oh... 
Okay. And uh, this one, I'm pretty sure, will be mentioned in... Uh, if somebody is going no contact, they will hear something like this or paraphrased into something similar. And another example, you'd do this for me if you really loved me. Right, so it all always has to revolve around them. Okay? Um, and I feel like in this second statement there is some sort of a guilt trip over there. It's like uh, doubting your ability to love. It's like making you doubt or suspecting your ability to love. Wow, okay. Number six is blame. We are all at fault for something once in a while, but a verbally abusive person blames you for their behavior. It's sort of like a projection. They want you to believe that you are, that you bring verbal abuse on yourself. This is what blame is. Example, I hate getting into fights, but you make me so mad. Again, a key word, make me. Another one is, I have to yell because you're so unreasonable and thick-headed. Because you, okay, because you are. Another key word. So they'll make you take responsibility over things you don't even, you, you can't control and you aren't even responsible for. But this is what blame is. Number seven is accusations. So if someone is repeatedly uh, accusing you of things, they may be jealous or envious, or perhaps they are the one guilty of that behavior. Either way, it can make you question whether you're doing something inappropriate or not. It's not right or fair to accuse you of something once, okay? Let alone having this happen repeatedly. This is so annoying and so, like, this has to be one of the worst tactics of verbal abuse. Example would be, I saw the way you looked at them. You can't tell me there's nothing going on there. Or why won't you give me your cell phone if you've got nothing to hide? Oh, goodness. The, the, the first example is... Um, being jealous and accusing you of uh, ignoring them or leaving them or dumping them. And the second example is accusing you of cheating on them. Number eight, withholding an isolation. Oh, sorry. Withholding or isolation. Refusing to talk to you, look you, look you in the eye, or even be in the same room with you is meant to make you work harder to get their attention. It's sort of like a silent treatment. You will, are never able to get their attention, and so they will resort to the silent treatment to make you work harder to get their attention. Number nine is gaslighting. We all know what gaslighting is. I explained it several times, but I feel like a broken record. Record, but gaslighting is when they will belittle, minimize, or 
flat out deny what happened and make you question your memory. Or should I say, um, I hate to say make you do something. I just don't like the way it sounds. But uh, I will say, I will put it this way. Uh, the way that they will deny, lie, minimize, and belittle things aims at you questioning your own memory. You will question your memory and doubt yourself and be confused as long as they do these things. They will deny, lie, uh, belittle or minimize the abuse or the abusive behavior that happened to you. That's what gaslighting is. Number 10, circular arguments, the one before the last. So it isn't unusual for two people to disagree or argue about the same thing more than once until they find a common ground. Okay, it's fine to disagree or argue more than once, but it's important to find a, a common ground. It's important to find a solution to resolve the problem and to have it work at peace. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. And if a relationship should be healthy and maintained long enough, then it should work on that basis, right? But not for an abusive relationship and with an abusive person. For But abusers will reignite that old argument again and again just to push your buttons never intending to meet in the middle and yeah and that's when they drive you to defend yourself again and they and they will hold you accountable for the old things you did or didn't do that you did that you shouldn't have done or that you haven't done and should have done and oh my god it's a shoulda coulda what a war <laughs> oh goodness uh for example uh your job requires you to put in overtime without noticing without notice every time it happens the argument about your tardiness starts anew so when your job requires you to put overtime without notice like without um Without notice, without like a, I don't know if if I'm gonna explain it right this time, but I think it's either it either means like without a, a legal document that shows that you're working overtime, or without um, the boss noticing you. I don't know. I'm not sure how to explain it right. But every time it happens, the argument about your tardiness starts over. I don't know. You were you were late. Uh, six months ago and now you're always on time well try to be on time but lately because you're working late night shifts you are coming somewhat late but not as late as those times you came six months ago still with a narcissistic abusive boss you you coming late even just five minutes which is actually much better than uh six months ago when you came for example 15 minutes late that whole argument starts over with your boss, and that's very painful to have to go through. Um, another example is, you've made it clear that you're not ready for kids, but your partner brings it up every month. Uh, 
So this is kind of uh, saying or hinting at the fact that you have to be pregnant. I don't care if you are not ready for kids, but you have to be pregnant just because your partner says or brings it up every month. And finally, number 11, this is the worst one. This is where it's very risky of potential physical or sexual abuse. Threats, okay? Number 11, threats. Outright threats can mean that the verbal abuse will escalate. They're meant to frighten you into compliance. Example, when you come home tonight, you might find a for sale sign on the lawn, and I might just be gone with the kids. Oh, wow. This is a threat for selling the house and then dumping your ass or leaving you or divorcing you and taking the kids away from you. This is a threat of leaving you and leaving you kidless and homeless. Second example is, if you do that, no one would blame me for how I'd react. If you do that, no one would blame me for how I'd react. It means, I think, What will happen if you do that thing in particular that I don't want you to do is that your ass will be handed to you. You'll be the one um, responsible for what it is I told you not to do because now I'm threatening you if you do that thing then nobody will say that I am reacting badly so it's in other words I'm not the reason why I'm not reacting because um oh actually uh if you do that, then I'm going to react however it is I want and nobody will ask me about it or nobody will doubt that I am threatening you. So it's a dangerous statement. And, oh wow, actually, wait a second. Actually, I do have one more. One more resource before I finish up with this episode, and it's from, actually, another article uh, from psychologytoday.com, and you'll notice me talking about this several, several, several times. It's because Psychology Today, as long uh, as well as Psych Central, are two of the most reliable and credible sources for uh, topics regarding psychology and because the people who write in that blog are psychotherapists or psychologists, okay? So this is credible and reliable. This article is entitled 15 Disturbing Forms of Verbal Abuse in Relationships. Let's go through them real quick. Now, I don't 
have the same ones here. I have actually one, two, three, four, five. Only five ones because the rest, the, t the ten, are actually already mentioned here. So I'm just going to go through the five real quick. The first one is trivializing. And it's not even first, it's just uh, the first one in my list, but it's not the first one in the articles list, at least as far as I remember. But if you go ahead and t take a look at the article, I don't know which number it is, but you'll see it there. Trivializing, okay? So trivializing is a form of verbal abuse that makes most things the victim of the abuser does or wants to do to seem insignificant. The abuser might undermine his or her work style of dressing or choice of food. Yeah, they'll make everything that the victim does or wants to do insignificant, ridiculous, silly. Um, and it's not just once or twice or once in a while. It's consistent. And it even penetrates the extent of personal choice of style, personal choice of food, uh, diet, people they hang out with, how, how long they work, how long they stay out, etc, etc. And make sure that everything the uh, victim does or wants to do seem insignificant. Because when the abuser sees it, at something, sees it as something ridiculous and not so valuable, they want the victim to see when the abuser wants the victim to see that thing as insignificant, they want to make sure that they see that as insignificant, even though it may be extremely vital for the for the victim to do, okay? Uh, it is one of the ways uh, that the abuser will do to hinder and uh, inhibit the victim from living their life the way they want to. Another uh, disturbing form of verbal abuse is undermining. Undermining is similar to trivializing, which consists of undermining everything the victim says or suggests or, or making him or her question him or herself and his or her own opinion and interest. This is even worse because it goes... Um, it's more general. It, it's, um, it revolves around everything and anything the victim says or suggests, um, even opinions and interests. They just question themselves and doubt, you know, their own opinions and interests. Next one is forgetting in my list. Forgetting. So the category of forgetting covers a range of issues ranging from forgetting a promise to forgetting a date or an appointment. Even if the abuser really forgot, it's still abuse because he or she ought to have made an effort to remember. Um, it's still abuse because it's kind of like not considering that person as important um, and not giving that person um, the value that they're really worth. No. To the abuser, 
it's always it always has to be around them so they're gonna be focused on themselves so much that you will forget about um important events for their partner for example and it'll happen frequently and that's abusive if it's it's if if an important date or or a uh, a promise or whatever is forgotten like once in a while or like once in a lifetime then yes that would be possible okay that's that would be forgiven but if it's frequent and consistent and so many of the important events uh the victim uh cherishes the abuser the abuser forgets about then that is indeed abuse and it's not forgivable next is ordering bossing around any form of ordering or demanding is a form of verbal abuse it falls under the general issue of control of of control <laughs> I wrote of control twice. So it falls under the general issue of control. Ordering, bossing around, um, telling the victim to do this, do that, do this, do that all the time. It's just making the victim exhausted and tired and making them work consistently just to be superior. And then the victim will feel like a maid, will feel like a server, a servant, will feel like a slave. Because they have nothing to do now than to dedicate their energy and time to serve the, the abuser. It's, it's, it's abuse. It's abuse. Okay, it's not okay, it's not fine, it's not forgivable. Then, finally, in my list, I have denial here. Denial is abusive when it consists of denying one's bad behavior and fa failing to realize the consequences of this behavior. An abuser will always try to find a way to justify and rationalize his or her behavior. Which is also a lie, because you cannot justify or uh, rationalize an abusive behavior unless it's a lie. You'll find an excuse to make sure it's quote-unquote reasonable and quote-unquote uh, normal and feasible and whatever. It's not. It's just abuse. This is a way of denying that he has done anything wrong. Okay? Denying that he or she has done anything or hasn't done anything wrong. Denial is extremely dangerous because then it's a huge part of gaslighting. And it's... Enabling the abuse in a way to allow it to happen more more frequently and uh, for a longer period of time. But still, it's neurologically destructive for the brain of the victim, especially, because then they won't be able to think straight, they won't be able to uh, distinguish between things, and they will question their memory and what it is that they remember to be right or wrong, or what happened exactly. Um, denial is enabling the abuse, in other words. Just like gaslighting. And it works the same way. So, 
These are the tactics of verbal abuse. Um, I say the best thing to deal with this is to get the freak out of this situation as soon as you can. Protect yourself. Uh, set boundaries. If you notice any of these tactics, please be alert of the red flags you might meet. Um, and as always, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. You have to focus on yourself. You have to grow and uh, love yourself as a worthy human being. Learning to become a better version of themselves. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the best. Okay? We're not striving for the best. We're not narcissistically uh, self-centered. Okay? It just has to be a good version of ourselves. Decent enough to say no when we need to say no. When we want to say no. And decent enough to know and recognize these ta tactics of verbal abuse. And putting an end to them. And eliminating them. Okay, work on yourself, love yourself, protect yourself, protect your peace, protect your brain, okay? Your brain is the most important thing in all of this. So please, please protect your brain, nervous system, digestive system, and all that, and your body, okay? And your spirit, all right? Don't let this shit affect you. Don't let this shit influence you, okay? You're better than this. You're stronger than this. You got this, all right? So... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self-Evolution Regardless podcast. And um, I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and engaging to it as much as I enjoyed recording it and editing it and publishing it for you. And thank you very much for also, if you want, share it, like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave a review on iTunes, some sort of a rating, you know, here and there, sort of a feedback, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I really appreciate you listening this far, and I'll see you in the next one.